Hi. Hi. <laughs> Long time no see. Yeah. let's do this let's get going because we've got lives to live we are already late to the party on this we've put it (laughs) off long enough i i i was so procrastinating i'm gonna chalk all this up to me being going through menopause and being (laughs) so fatigued so exhausted so depressed so down it's the time of year to messed up it's the middle of winter it's dark 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 by yeah. like you know seven o'clock at night my eyes are heavy i'm like i don't want to record i'm too tired anyway <laughs> here we are but then once we do record it's amazing so it's fine let's do yes. it it's totally fine <laughs> so shall we uh shall we begin this week's episode i want to welcome everybody to squint cast my name is kelly and i'm Brittany. And this week, we're going to discuss the episode, uh, season four, episode one of Bones called Yanks in the UK, which is this is the this is a two parter. We're going to talk mm. about part one today. Yes. And, and the first thing we have two. to address, Brittany, the first yes. thing we have to talk about is that we I lied and I told our listeners that there were going to be guests today. Oh, and yes. I uh, shouldn't. That was pretty presumptuous <laughs> of me to include that information in all of our notes. So everyone in the world can see that our two wonderful significant others, Mark and Greg, are not here to join us for the season premiere of season four. Unfortunately, the cards, you know, were not in our favor. They were not dealt the right way. Everything was messed up. So... We're hoping to have them on soon. However, what? Maybe for part two. Maybe, but I don't want to make promises now. But no, yes, who knows what's going to (laughs) happen? You will hear the sultry voices of Mark and Greg in the near future. (laughs) Greg's radio voice is really good. You both have great radio voices. Mm. I could listen to you guys talk all day long. Ah, ma. Thanks. All right. Okay, okay. I'm going to be honest about this episode. I don't remember how this ends. So let's find out how this goes. Okay. Because <laughs> I've forgotten how it started. I'm only going to perfect. Re- so I think we're going to balance each other out. Do we want to talk about directors, Excellent. anything like that? Yes. I do have it up. So um, this episode was directed by Ian Toynton. Which oh, I've heard we that name before. Him. Yes, he did The Widow's Son in the Windshield and The Baby in the Bow. Bow? In the Bow. Back in yes. season three. And then he actually, has, he goes on to direct a lot of episodes of this show. Until okay. I think 24, 27, 28. 28 total. Um, wow. And five of them are in season four. Interestingly enough. Yes. Um. So the writer on this episode is Corrine Rosenthal. Okay. But she is not the person who wrote part two. Which really? that is really interesting to me. Because it's it's meant to be like a it's part one, part two. So you would I would have thought it would be all one writer, but it is not. 
Um, she actually, so her involvement in the show was heavy in season two and three. She goes on to, to write episodes here and there for the rest of the show, but it really dies down after season four. She only writes four episodes in this season. Um, and she was the executive story editor and wrote a bunch of episodes in season two and season three. So, so did you say she comes back after this season or no? She does come back after the season, but she writes two episodes in season five, two in season six, two in season seven, none in season eight, one in season nine, one in season 11, and then two in season 12, um, which I think is the series finale. She is the one she writes. She she writes wow. the very last episode, so. Okay. Yeah. We have some great guest stars in this one. And we will talk about them. Sorry, you went very quiet. I wasn't sure. (laughs) (laughs) I was looking over at you. I'm like, hi. (laughs) I was trying to see if this one person was in the show that I remembered, and he was. So we'll talk about that when we get there. Um, I feel like I did not recognize anyone. In this, that's why I went quiet. I'm like, were there? (laughs) Well, there's lots of very famous British people in here. Two in particular that were that are young and I'm very familiar with. So, shall we begin? We are in England. Ah, John, we are in England. England. Yes, and and Zach is back somewhere in a mental health. Oh my god! I didn't know what you're talking about. Jack is nowhere to be found. What are you talking no, about? He's gone. Jack's gone. He's gone. It's so sad. But we will carry on. Yeah. Okay. So yes, we're in London, England. We're actually at Oxford University, and Brent Brennan is giving a lecture in some beautiful-looking lecture hall. I would love to have gone to a school with. She's at Oxford. All that looked She's like at that. Oxford. 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 Well, yeah, Oxford. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So, okay. So she's giving this speech, and I don't know the the people that the students seem pretty in- interested. Um, mm. uh, but unfortunately, Booth is not that interested, and he's falling asleep. And she's talking about her job, and she mentions Agent Booth and says, "Agent Booth, will you still stand up? Will, will you stand up?" and he has fallen asleep, and fortunately, the guy beside him is like giving him a nudge, like, "Hey, buddy, you gotta get up." And so he he stands up, and he he kind of takes over the show a little bit. He tries to chat, and Brennan's like, "No, no, I didn't invite you to join me. Please, please stop. Just just sit down. <laughs> you you can you can just sit down." So there is an interesting dynamic that's about to happen because we have Booth and Brennan. We know their dynamic. We know them well. We're on season four. We have a full three seasons of them. Mm-hmm. But now we have this other duo, right? So the other duo is Ian. And you'll have to remind me of what his partner's name is. It's Ian Wexler. He's a professor at Oxford. Yes. Uh, this is who's sort of Brennan's counterpart. And yeah. then there is a deputy Richard. inspector. Pritchard is a DI. They're called DI. DI yeah. uh, Pritchard, who we meet shortly. 
So we meet her shortly. Well, in a couple of scenes, but so she finishes her lecture, her lecture. I can't speak today. So this is going to be fun. No, so <laughs> finishes her lecture. Mm. Um, and Booth is like, okay, like who is this dude that wants to chat you up, Brennan? So she says, oh, it's this guy, Ian, blah, blah, blah. And so they're trying to chat. He goes off. And then Ian Wexler comes up to her. And he is quite the forward individual. Mm -hmm. Immediately, you can tell that he wants to get it on with Brennan. And is Mm -hmm. finding Booth to be a little bit of a hassle getting in the way. Um, Anyway, so he's a bit of a show-off. Left, right, and center. Oh, yeah. Big time. And But Ian gets this phone call. Well, him and Brennan are chatting and he's like really playing it up. He's like, oh, oh, will you please state the origin of this call to the person that I'm about to give the phone to? And anyway, whatever. It's Scotland Yard. There's a homicide. Surprise, surprise. So mm-hmm. he asked Brennan if uh, she wants to tag along and Brennan's like, OK, cool. Yeah, I'm going to bring Booth with me. And he's like, oh, OK, fine. <laughs> I guess so. Calls my cowboy. Yes. Brittany, you're skipping over all this good stuff. <laughs> First of all, Brendan okay. is in a lecture hall at Oxford talking about, well, who cares? Okay. Yes. Somehow in this lecture, it's brought up by Booth and Brennan that basically one of her interns turned out to be a killer. Uh, yes. A murderer. See, that's and why I'm I brought thinking- up Zach. This, while they're having the the logic versus, you know, um, whatever, the emotional argument, and she's saying, like, I let logic, like, not allow me to see what was really going on. And I'm thinking, this has to be the most crazy case in the world, right? Like, people have to know about this case in more than one place in the world, right? You would think so. Like, there would be, like, right now, they would probably have, like, at least three episodes of Dateline about it, like, by now. And I understand it's across the pond and everybody follows it. But still, during that period of time, we were pretty well informed about what was happening and who was a serial killer and the way true crime is now. I mean, we know everything about everything true crime-wise, regardless. The fact that this lecture hall is full of people who are just meh, not that impressed with this lecture that this yeah. woman and the, like the FBI guys there and these people were involved in this huge case, like it, it would be, it would be like packed It'd be sensational. To the it would be yeah. there would be press there. There would be people taking pictures. It would be wild. The next yeah. thing about Ian Wexler coming on to Brennan really strongly because he's very confident in himself. Oh, yeah. And he's like trying to like butter her up, telling her how brilliant her speech was and stuff. Brennan had to like separate herself from Booth because he was being like he was having like a tit for tat pissing contest with Ian. So Brennan pulls him aside and has a private conversation with Ian. All while Booth yeah. is in the background giving Ian the eavesdropping eyeball. This hairy eyeball to know, like, I've never seen a hairier eyeball than this. It's just wild. But this was really fun for me when he got the phone call. There's been a murder. The Scotland Yard is involved. I was like, okay, here we go. Booth and Brennan are going to solve a crime with this guy. And I thought that was a great setup. I just thought it was really fun. Oh, yeah, it's awesome. I think also the cowboy comment you made. 
because Ian says to her, do you want to come along, you know, and check out yeah. this, these remains? And he looks over at Booth. He goes, you want to get your cowboy to come with us? It's just like, please, please don't ever call him cowboy. And he goes, oh, why would he be insulted? And she's like, no, he would absolutely love it if you called him a cowboy. <laughs> love it. <laughs> I loved it. I, okay. Also, have you ever heard of the phrase, I'm keen as mustard? Have you never heard of Keen's mustard? Oh, I guess not. <laughs> is she's like I'm Keen as ketchup, and he was like, Oh no, it's mustard. Keen as mustard. I was like, Who says that? No one. No one says that. But apparently, a lot of people do, and I just didn't know. So that's cool. Yeah, I've never seen that before. <laughs> it's Keen's hot mustard. Well, there we go. It's a famous mustard. Is it spicy? Is it's, it spicy? It's a prepared mustard that has a bit of heat. Yes. Okay. okay. It's quite good. You can also buy the powder as well and make your own mustard if you want. Oh, really? That's a dry cool. mustard you can make mustard with. Yeah. If you need like, if, you're, if something calls for mustard, you can add dried mustard if you don't have any regular mustard, you know? That's pretty good. I did not yeah. know that. I love I mustard. Know. Mustard's great. I like like sweet mustards, ones that are of course a little you do. Too spicy. Yeah, <laughs> no surprise here. No surprise here. Shocker. <laughs> no, give me a Dijon. Give me one of those. Oh, that really yummy Polish mustard. It's kind of grainy and sweet and also hot at the same time. So yummy. My dad loves Dijon mustard. Like mm -hmm. he could have an unlimited amount of that. I'm sure it wouldn't be good for stomach, but anyway okay so we thank you for filling in the details these were very important details it's okay so before we get to our credits we have a um we get introduced i guess to to these two the the london version of bones and booth working together yes. so they go to the crime scene pritchard is there wexler's also there introducing kate pritchard they have a little combo and anyway they i guess do you mind if i just skip ahead to the part about the murder they're pulling all the while they're pulling out a car from the river thames thames river and is it just me or do bones <laughs> and wexler almost like race each other to come to conclusions <laughs> about this body that they're pulling out yeah it's a weird thing they're doing like that's the way that scientists flirt with each other i guess but um they have like so ian wexler the professor and di pritchard kate pritchard have a contentious relationship just like booth and brennan they yep. bicker in sort of a britishy way i'm just gonna say now because you don't know this these people ian wexler is played by andrew buchan or buchan i don't know how you say his last name he is a very, he is a working British actor. He's been in tons and tons of stuff. Um, he was in The Crown. He was in a show called Alex oh. Ryder. He was in another show called Broadchurch, like the first uh, season of Broadchurch with David Tennant and our friend uh, Olivia. I'm sorry, she's an Oscar winner and she's an amazing actress and I can't remember her last name right now. I'm sorry, everybody's screaming at me regardless. <laughs> the thing about British actors is they're in everything. 
everything British, they're going to be in it. And the woman okay. who plays D.I. Kate Pritchard is Indira Varma. She has been acting forever. And she was most famously probably worldwide was in uh, Game of Thrones. She was in Game of Thrones. Oh, she played, what, she, what character? She played Pedro Pascal's lover. Um, they were from another oh. kingdom. Anyway, lover? Yeah siblings i don't remember i think they were lovers. it's all the same on game of thrones <laughs> and she was in a show called luther with uh idris alba as well and anyway british they're britishing it up here it's very british and there's other actors okay. obviously in it that are very famous for being in old british shows but these two are young fun and they give a lot of like um sort of modern color to the whole thing it's a fun episode because we see it's a different place, first of all. That's that's cool in itself, like the fact that they're in London. Mm. But seeing the dynamic between Pritchard and Wexler versus Bones and Booth is pretty yes, yes, pretty fun. I thought well, a lot of the dynamics get mixed up here in this whole show. Every character, it's all sort of tossed like a salad just to see how everything happens. I'm particularly, and we will talk about this, particularly happy with the dynamic between booth and brennan in this episode i thought it was quite fun extremely they're very i'm curious okay i'm curious how long after the situation with zach this episode came about this is an excellent question timeline please because they seem very chill oh that also is something very... i meant to sorry yeah. go on no no this, what were you gonna say? this episode was aired on september 3rd 2008 okay. so it came out so this is a full four months after not last in their ended. not in their world but after the last in our season world ended. in our world right. so at least four months maybe <laughs> that's crazy to me four months yeah only four months now they must if you have gone show, right straight into production again jesus they must have is now you watch a show and you binge a show and you're like, oh, this is amazing. And then you have to wait like two years. No, but for the like, next season what's to come the production out. timeline on that? Because it takes months to produce. So are they writing and producing as they go? Like it seems very short. This um, they must time period. That's crazy. They must. I'd love to know. I'd love yeah. to know. How, they must. Once season three has ended, they must have started on season four right away. So. This is a really cool episode because initially it seems like, well, I guess it kind of is obvious that they're going to be involved, but because it's an episode, uh -huh. but initially it seems like, oh, why don't you come and see what we do? Just like check out what we're doing. But because right. the victim is female in her late teens, early twenties is thought to be someone named Portia Frampton, who's an American heiress, right. uh, daughter of Roger Frampton uh it is her car after all uh -huh. because of that she's been missing the father's american he's gonna want fbi involvement that's what they're suspecting that's what uh di is that what we call her di pritchard yes DR is uh is suspecting so they're asking you don't watch enough british tv you don't know <laughs> i don't it's so obvious i'm so sorry <laughs> <laughs> i just i just watched trash tv and bones <laughs> so anyway so booth just wants a gun 
and otherwise he's ready to get involved in the case <laughs> well no he wasn't and... he's like i'm not doing it unless i can have a gun so he walks away <laughs> like he's like he's uh haggling it's so funny and then uh di kate pritchard she's like okay what if i say i can try to get you one and he's like okay let's go he was like it was so funny i thought that was so funny their dynamic is funny i find wexler to be too much like <laughs> He's like, oh, Don't I'm looking even forward to completely surrendering myself to Dr. Brennan. I'm like, ugh. <laughs> but two things. Two things. When yeah. she convinces him to join them by saying that she might be able to get him a gun, maybe, he comes back and he's like, you know, he says, we're the best crime-solving team in America, he says. And it made me laugh so hard when he said that. It was like, and we're Brennan's the best <laughs> crime-solving people in America. But Brennan's like, well, we're in England, so. But also, <laughs> she tells them to ship all the evidence yeah. to the Jeffersonian. And this is my first what the fuck. Like, what the hell? A major what how the much, fuck. <laughs> how much time does it take to do that? To collect evidence, put it on a plane. Fly, you have to fly it over, right? You can't send it on a freaking boat. Well, and don't they want to have the evidence? Like, they're going to be this doing their own question. investigation. Makes no sense. I, the whole episode crazy. makes zero sense. Because they it send all this happen. stuff back. No. And it would have, ta- if it does, if it were going to happen, it was it would it would take, I would think, months for this to happen. Because can you even fly the this paperwork. stuff? The paperwork. You'd have to go on a, yes. The paperwork. Oh, the paperwork. The it would be a whole oh. disaster. No I'm good. looking for a pen. Don't mind me. Okay, yeah, no problem. No problemo. And then what happens? So, we have our intro. We have our intro. Da 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 Not part of the song. How do you do that? It's in my mind, but it's not part of the actual song. Okay, so okay, next. It is about we to have... get so weird. Okay, go your on. things go off the rails. Can I talk about this, please? Please do. Next, <laughs> all the evidence, including all the human remains, have arrived from England at the Jeffersonian. They're carrying it around. They got the big cases, all this crap. Like, did they send the car too? Good question. I didn't see I the think car they ever. The car, because eventually we see a tire. I know that. So we see a tire, but I don't think we see the whole car, do we? Anyway, mud, silt, uh, body, all the crap from inside the car, at least. Anyway, I still can't get over this that they sent everything. It's so weird. They have labs in London. I'm just gonna say this. I'm sure their labs are very well appointed. Anyway, yes. Here we meet up with our friend Clark Edison yes who is obviously taking the place of our friend zach in this sort of position he's very excited about unpacking this body that's been transported to them he's so excited can i say something 
Everyone is wearing lab coats except for Cam. She is wearing a sleeveless white shirt with ruffles and a shiny skirt. She's handling paperwork with rubber gloves. Angela, though, is not wearing rubber gloves when Cam gives her paperwork. Anyway, this I'm is weird. This up. I did not this notice is this. Weird. It's weird to it, me. The end of this scene is weird because Cam, they do their thing, whatever. And Cam is like, okay, as usual, I'm going to need constant progress reports. I'm like, as usual, is this? something that they usually do i don't remember them ever giving her well she just reports. put her foot down like the first season she was there like season two right she wants yeah. people to keep her abreast of the situation regardless angela walks True. away with this phantom these photographs this paperwork that cam gave her back to her office this random dude walks in stands in the doorway of her office and says angela she sees him She's so happy to see him. She runs up to him, straddles him, and starts kissing him. And I'm guessing this is Birenbao. This is her husband that she married in Fiji or whatever, right? Well, I certainly hope so, or she's having some weird sex dream. First of all, <laughs> fine. It's her husband. She calls him Grayson. That's his, like, you know, actual name. name. Yeah. And then she said, that's it. You're not going to get another kiss from me until you sign the divorce papers. So we've met her husband, this guy, this mystery man. But my question is, do they not have security in this place? Like, how is he yeah. randomly walking into her office? Sneaking I up on know. her. I have so many problems with this shit. Yeah. Doesn't really uh, make much Devil sense. Devil in the details, baby. The devil's in the details. So now we have met him. And he is very handsome. Another actor that we've seen many, many times over the years. I'd have to look up his name right now, but uh, until uh, we see him again, I'll, we'll talk about him. But what happens next? Well, we end up back at London. We do a lot of back and forth between London and the lab, and we even do some, what is that called? Where they go on the screen. Oh, my oh, God. It's escaping We'll me talk right about now. that, too. First beaming. of all, second. We do some beaming. Do we have a song? <laughs> we got back at the lab. Do we know? Back in England? I don't know what you want to say. Back in England? <laughs> Back in England? Back in England? <laughs> Back in England, Booth is complaining about his breakfast that he ate at a beef feeder, which apparently is brave of him, according to uh, to Pritchard, but that's fine. Um, so they're talking about Roger Frampton's daughter, Portia, who is victim, believed yes. to be the victim. Mm -hmm. so they're talking about when she was last seen which was on the morning of her 21st birthday party uh she was lean she was seen leaving her home bear with me for my lack of being able to speak english today mm. and so she partied all night and then around 2 a.m that's when the party was broken up and following afternoon she was missing so what Ian Wexler, he he does remind me of a more annoying Bones. He's like, well, I bet the reason that they couldn't find her is because, well, her car was at the bottom of the river. That's probably that's a that's a theory. Worst <laughs> kind of person. I cannot like. Okay, sarcasm. Fine, go ahead. Yeah, 
cynicism, uh, orneriness. Uh, you want to be a grump? Go ahead. But facetiousness, if you look up that word, facetiousness. Yeah. Is that makes my skin crawl. When it's somebody annoying. It's arrogant. It's yeah. arrogant. To oh, like... that's the perfect. Thank you. That's the perfect <laughs> word to describe this guy. He's so arrogant in Ugh. every aspect of his life. He's arrogant Awful. in his intelligence. He's inter- He's uh, arrogant in the, his perception of how how much of a hottie he is and how he can get any lady. Apparently he's a bit of a player. Anyway, so immediately Booth is like, you know what? Great theory. Like, okay, whatever, idiot. And then uh, he's he says, okay, Dr. Brennan and I are going to go talk to the family. And um, Wexler is like, oh, you're an inspector. How interesting. So I cannot no, for the life of me of understand like... how... Yeah. It's it's sweet the way that they that they they do find it interesting that Booth and Brennan are able to have this dynamic. I, it sounds like Pritchard and Wexler. That's where their dynamic is limited. Wexler wouldn't go and interrogate people with her. It sounds like he seems like he acts like he's above it. And yeah, his facetiousness was actually because Booth suggested briefly that perhaps Wexler killed Portia. <laughs> Oh, because yeah. he's <laughs> investigating a property that this Porsche's father, Roger Frampton, uh, he wants to develop a property that could be uh, built over historical grounds. So they're trying yep. to dig up the ground to see if they can find any historical reason not to allow the development to happen. So like, Wexler and Roger Frampton are not um, fast friends. They're not. They're not friendly, obviously, because they're yeah. stopping Frampton from developing, and Wexler doesn't want the development. So, yeah, that's when Wexler was a dick to Booth, and it's like, oh well, blah, blah, blah. like he was being facetious. Well, she's at the bottom of the lake, or the bottom the of the river, Thames, obviously. Obviously, I killed her. He's like, okay, buddy, whatever. Okay, whatever. <laughs> How fine. We end up back at the lab. And Mm. um, so we're getting a cause of death. It appears that Portia was struck multiple times with some sort of weapon that they're trying to figure out what it is. But who cares about that? Whatever. There's a a murder (laughs) weapon. But Angela comes in and is like, hello. Okay. This is my... This is my soon-to-be ex-husband, and Cam, like, can barely keep her. She's mouth like drooling. Off of, like her, her, her jaw is like on the ground. Also, and this guy like, showed up out of nowhere. Who's letting this guy walk around the fucking lab while they're doing it? It's an open investigation, a murder investigation. And he's just walking in rooms willy-nilly. What's yeah, wrong he's with just, these people? You would think they would learn after what happened with Hodgins and how... Or, Lock uh, the door! Sorry, Zach. Yeah, man in the mansion or whatever. Oh, that too, yes. Like, he was hiding body parts down in the, in the oh lab. Gormagon came in and took the whole skeleton. There's a whole they thing. They have to tighten anyway, things up around this they gotta, place. They need to learn their lessons. We but, should have like uh, what's that called uh, two factor identification for shit yes definitely and at least a visitor's badge come on something so 
Cam is Sorry. literally <laughs> drooling. Like it's she's like, oh my god, this guy is so hot. And then and then the best reaction is from Sweets. Sweets walk, walks in <laughs> and can barely even form a sentence. He just he can't sees contain him. himself. Oh yeah, he's like, oh my god, poor Hodgins. Wow. Just look at this guy. I'm so, All right. I'm so sorry. We didn't mention this guy, Biram Bow slash Grayson, Angela's husband, is played by Sean Blackmore or Blakemore. Apologies. Okay. Another very successful working black actor who is like, he has a very unique, um, like He's very beautiful. unique face. He's beautiful. He looks I don't know. He's like got that Northern African, very regal nose, gorgeous bone structure. Like, oh my God, just absolutely beautiful. Just beautiful. He is a absolutely beautiful man. And I hope we get to see more of him, even though the situation is like ri- absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> oh, so crazy. <laughs> but from a eye candy perspective, yeah, he can. A comedy can, can perspective. Stay. Yes, it's funny. <laughs> Sweets thinks that Hodgins doesn't have a chance because this guy's like so hot. <laughs> <laughs> He's so <laughs> poor, poor Hodgins. When Sweets said that, I was just dying. He was like, just he could barely contain himself. It was so funny. Okay, so we're back in England, and back in England. we're going to back in England. England. That's how we can say it. <laughs> oh, there we go. Back in England. Okay, I like it. So <laughs> we are back in England, and that's just in case you didn't catch on. Um, and of course, we got to go talk to Roger Frampton because we have important things to do. We got we got to let him know that we found his daughter. At this point, have they? Are they certain that it's her? When did they identify her? Because they just keep kind of talking about, oh, the victim, she was struck on the head. I don't remember them doing DNA or or They've already talked to sort the of father, records. though, haven't they? Or no, they haven't talked to the That's father. That's what we're yet. about to do, I think. That's when they find out. Okay. Yeah. And they're like, we're sorry for the loss of your daughter. He wants to get some input on what happened to her, which they don't really have any answers yet. He, We learn in this scene that Portia's daughter or Portia's father mm. sorry is yes. engaged to be married to a woman that looks like she cannot be much older than Portia herself she's right very young um anyway so he says he's gonna help find who they say they're gonna find help find who did this to their daughter we don't really get much yes did we already talk about Booth's freak out in the middle of traffic no, that comes up soon. Oh, apologies, apologies, no, apologies. No, no, you're good. Oh, I'm sorry. You're Is right. That, so we're, it was next, Richard, next Booth, scene. and Brennan meeting with Portia's father. And yes. then we meet the fiance, Heather, who's basically a couple years older than Portia. She even then, says, oh, she was like a younger sister to me. And I'm like, yes. Yeah, like a twin sister. Seems so young. But, yeah. And we find so, out Portia had a boyfriend. Yes, that's the mo- that's the most important takeaway from this. So yeah. he is an heir to the Duke of Innisford. So he's he's fancy. 
So the Duke wanted to keep everything a secret. Obviously, they don't want there's nothing in the tabloids or anything about him them dating. Um, so it, it was not brought to Booth's attention or Brennan's attention before this. They were a little bit surprised, I thought, to find out that uh that she had this boyfriend. But anyway, gives another element of possible murder suspect. Right. Obviously, the the pool of suspects broadens. But my other question is, have we already been introduced to this Daily Mail newspaper paparazzi photograph of our victim? I think so. I think we were. I think we were in this scene is Brennan holds up the tabloid with a picture of Portia and she's topless. And the headline is heiress loses her shirt and he's like why are you showing me this and heather's like why please put this away like stop yes so let's just have interesting that you would say that heather anyway stop it (laughs) stop it anyway regardless (laughs) uh what do we have so we find out that yeah she was dating this guy who happened to be from some sort of aristocratic family so then they set out to meet and interview the aristocrats and they're driving a teeny tiny austin car (laughs) instead of an aston martin which is what booth actually wanted to be driving so it's similar to the car that hodgins had in season two two bodies in the lab is that it yes where they where she they go and rescue rescue brennan rescue brennan hodgins has this tiny little car yeah. Anyway, it's just, it's just exactly the same kind of car as this. And Booth <laughs> is having a hard time. A, it's standard um, transmission, I assume. He's driving on the wrong side of the road. He doesn't know which way to turn in traffic. Anyway, he doesn't know the so rules crazy. at all. He almost gets killed. It's absolutely insane. He stops in the middle of an intersection. He starts yelling his head off. While this is happening, <laughs> Brennan gets a phone call from cam that and cam reveals to brent on this phone call that portia our victim was pregnant when she died and i just want to say well that's crazy also the music is like a cartoon when we learn that this woman died pregnant and the music's like like being all funny because booth is having a conniption fit because he can't drive in england and i'm just gonna say this once i'll probably say it again this guy is a sniper he was in the army he was he's traveled all over the world he's driven on all kinds of roads like talking about like south america here this to me is not realistic yeah you would think he'd be able to keep his school yeah (laughs) you would think that he would have more like he would be able to keep his cool a little bit better and he keeps talking about james bond you want james bond gun he wants a james bond car he wants to be james bond i'm like really and you can't drive a freaking car in britain okay you might not be able to be james bond if you can't drive a vehicle also james bond had Mm. many lovers and he only wants brennan anyway okay moving on stop it oh my god (laughs) i will never stop so Um, okay some guy yells at him get out of the way wanka yeah wanka (laughs) oh my god it was so funny okay so he's having this hard time she's should we find that we find out that she was pregnant 
as you said and yeah it's um we just found out that she had a royalty boyfriend so a royal boyfriend so immediately i'm like well obviously she got pregnant and he was like well that's not gonna work for me but we'll see what happens we'll see we will see so obviously booth and brennan are gonna go meet this guy they bring along pritchard and booth is like floored by how beautiful this castle is that they're going to this palace yes um He's just like amazed. And then a butler appears. And he's like, oh, a butler. How's how's it going? How's it going, sport? Shows his <laughs> shows his ID. And um they actually they ask Pritchard to wait outside because they think that he'll be able to well, Pritchard points out that by them waiting outside and just having these Americans come by. It could throw them off balance because they wouldn't expect for American FBI agents or FBI agents just to be coming to interrogate them without British police. Mm. So seems like a good idea, but we'll we'll see. Pritchard gives a little bit of advice and she says that when they start commenting on you to each other, you've got them on the run. So mm. we'll see what happens yeah. as they go and interrogate them. Well, anyway, this they whole, go into the yes. they go into the house. They're being led by the butler to the drawing room or whatever the fuck room it is. Booth sees a suit of armor. He starts he playing do? with the suit of armor. He starts touching it, <laughs> and the butler's like, "Don't touch that." <laughs> and my <laughs> argument is, don't put a suit of armor just standing there and on display. Not expect anybody to touch it. I wonder how many times a day he used to shine it because people just Listen, start touching it. I would touch that thing all day. Plus, then Booth starts laughing because he sees this huge metal cod piece. It's like this huge metal cod <laughs> piece where they would put their dicks. And Booth's like, hee hee, look how big his dick was. And this is a Henry Eighth era suit from like the whatever, 1400s or some shit. Don't correct me. Okay, please don't. I'm Call not going else. to. My history is horrible call somebody else i'm talking about our <laughs> listeners don't bother okay me. anyway then brennan pipes up and goes actually <laughs> uh henry the eighth had syphilis so his dick was really sensitive so he had to get these big cod pieces put on there <laughs> and the butler's like protect you know what? it no we just wanted to intimidate the enemy let's let's yeah, just the go butler's like let's yeah go- we we prefer to tell everybody they had big dicks thanks anyway i thought that was so funny Oh, I thought it was hilarious. Back in the lab, they're making progress. They are finding out that in the backseat of the... Actually, they must have the vehicle because of this scene. So in the backseat of the car, there was some some oil back there. So they realized a motorcycle had to have been transported in the back of the car. So it looks like, based on the, the events, it looks like murder happened. The murderer had brought his scooter along with him and then he just scooted off home once he killed her so oh you're right that was before the suit of armor thing i apologize you're better than that's okay apologize but anyway it doesn't matter it interchangeable better people oh yeah they're totally they're happening at the same time it's fine simultaneously yes do you want to talk about the media so next uh booth and brennan are interviewing the boyfriend yeah who is he is he the duke or is he the lord 
No, he's the son of the Duke. The son of the Duke is the boyfriend. His name's Harry. Yeah. I don't know their last names right now. It's bugging me. Bonham? Anyway, fine. <laughs> I think. I didn't really give These them. These aren't important details. <laughs> they weren't really. I liked the characters. I thought they were really mm -hmm. great. But I just didn't write their names down. So regardless, Harry's the That's boyfriend. Fine. They're interviewing the son. His father's there. His mother's there. And it's sort of throwing a wrench into things because, you know, obviously he's not being as honest as he might be with his parents there. And we learn that, you know, he says that Portia, the victim, never came to the palace to spend time with the family. Their relationship was a total secret. Brennan asks how long Harry, you know, had been having sex with her. And he's like, oh my, he's clutching his pearls. Right? He's like, oh my God, I never had sex with her. And then the grandmother rolls in on her wheelchair. I she wheels her. in, she pipes up. Listen, she's like in the contention here for King of the Lab because this grandmother. Oh, she is my King of the Lab. <laughs> okay, well, okay. Spoiler, everybody. Spoiler. Grandma is Brittany's King of the Lab this week. Anyway, she's being off. really cheeky. She starts getting cheeky about how prude Harry's being. It's like, of course you had sex with her and you're probably great because you're so young and athletic. Anyway, the grandmother is a firecracker. And then she gets mad because the butler hasn't brought them any tea, like no refreshments for the guests. And they're like, because they don't, obviously the parents don't want the FBI agent and the DI and the scientist to feel comfortable, but the grandmother's like, how rude. So the butler brings some tea and the grandmother reveals that they didn't like Portia's father because he was a crook. They say he was a crook. He had no values when it came to doing business. Then Brennan brings out this freaking tabloid picture of Portia. Oh my God. Not the time or place. Like, oh my God, they bring this picture out. That comes up a lot. Anyway, Harry's upset because this is the last time that they were together, but th when this picture was taken and he yeah. hasn't seen, he didn't see her after this. And Booth says they have proof that Harry actually spoke to her on the phone the night that she died. Yeah. And he's basically saying that it was none of your business what we talked about. And I was like, this guy's a piece of work, man. Like you got an FBI agent, you have a detective inspector in here and you're saying, oh, you, you don't, I'm not going to tell you what we talked about. And I was just like, okay, like whatever. Yeah. <laughs> well, then eventually he gives it up because the dad is like, uh, hi. Like, no. no Booth, Booth, like Brennan says, oh, were you talking about the fact that she was pregnant? Like he, she basically mm -hmm. spills it immediately. And Harry's shocked. He's absolutely shocked about this. It was shocking. Yeah. He, and it doesn't seem to me, I don't think he's lying. Like he, it seems genuine that he's shocked. He I don't no, think he I don't knew. think he knew either, but he gives up that what they were talking about was she broke up with him yeah, and said there wasn't to be no discussion. They're broken up and then she disappeared. So kind of a weird situation. Booth finally so had first, a good cup of tea. So he was happy about that. He was so happy <laughs> with the tea because it was like really strong. Because if you go to certain houses, especially Irish tea, Irish Irish people are known for the strong, strong, strong cups of tea. Like almost okay. black, you know. 
And yeah. he's like so happy drinking his tea, is drumming up all these theories like, oh, you killed her because she was pregnant. And everybody's laughing like, ha, 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 ha. Like we would never kill somebody because of a pregnancy. We would just give them lots of money and tell them to go away. Like that's what, yeah. that's how rich people in Britain deal with it. They don't go around murdering people. And then um, then he drums up another theory, but like, oh, well, you killed her because she broke up with you and you were heartbroken. And then he starts drinking his tea. And he's basically saying that Harry's a suspect. And Booth is feeling very comfortable sitting in his chair drinking tea. I just thought it was quite funny. Anyway. Well, the, the dynamic was hilarious. The way the grandmother comes in is like, oh, 100%. he would have pleasured her. It's like, oh, my God, what is happening right now? This <laughs> this woman, this is the woman that runs the house. hot this guy is. Look how hot he is. Oof, we're looking at pictures of me whistling? Blakemore. Yeah, I did hear that a, a little bit of a whistle. Definitely. Okay. I tried to catcall, but I don't know how much. I guess I have a type, eh? I did this with Morris Chestnut, too. Okay, go on. (laughs) You just have a... There's a... We should create a board. I have a... Kelly's type. In the middle. In the middle, obviously, (laughs) is Greg. Greg, if you're listening. (laughs) Okay. Okay, so we're back. Angela is beaming with Brennan. Uh, this is the weirdest thing ever. Anyway, uh, Pritchard and Waxler are there as well. And they're chatting about... Uh, Angela's figured out that even though that photo that they keep showing of this poor victim topless, um, oh even though it looks like a, a paparazzi photo taken from far, far, far away, it actually was just doctored to look like that Angela's discovered. So she actually the the victim would have actually been very close that the the person took this photo through the through a window and they're able to sort of see a a reflection of a house in in the light in porsche's eye yeah in the light of her eye so all right everybody Take Damn. a drink if you figured out that this is what Angela does. For a living. I don't know. She does. She's okay. So she is an investigative photography expert. I she guess also so. does computer science and she draws mm, people yeah, with happy yeah. faces. Yeah. Well, so yeah. she Angela drops in there, which which uh, Ian and Pritchard have not experienced this yet, but Angela drops in there that her ex-husband is there to f- sign the divorce papers. She's like, I'll fill you in. Fill you in, sweetie. And Ian's like, oh, somehow you manage this like personal and professional thing quite well. I love how you do that. It's she, he, she knew that these people were in the room and she still she went ahead. Care. We already know no. Angela has no boundaries. She calls Brennan no. sweetie first, second. This beaming Skype call they're doing, I'm telling you, the reception is amazing because, oh, like, yeah. I've never seen a, a connection like this. In that time period, there would have been a huge delays. Like, I've done phone calls over Skype with people in Australia, and it's like I have to wait three minutes to hear what they said five minutes ago. Anyway, um, then and that's now. <laughs> exactly, like it was very recently. Ago. And then Booth is in this office. I don't know what they're doing. This office is in the middle of a stone. Like the walls are all stone. It's all like this really ancient old building. And Booth says, what is this double as a dungeon on the weekend? (laughs) So 
<laughs> funny. Booth is hilarious uh, in this episode. He has lots of one-liners, and it's great. Yeah. But I also say when when Wexler comments that, you know, you know, the fact that Brennan mixes personal with professional all the time, she completely ignores Wexler when he makes this comment. Oh, yeah. And then she looks up and she says, you know what? Harry could have taken that photograph of her through the window. And then yes. D.I. Pritchard chimes in and says, no, he doesn't have a motive to do that. But a disgruntled servant might have done it. Yes, exactly. And can I just say right now, Greg was watching this with me. <clears throat> and this is when Greg said, lying down on the couch in his usual manner, shirtless, no pants on, the usual. The butler did it, he says out loud. This is a and game I of said, clue. No, <laughs> no way. That's too. No, no, not said. a chance. Not a chance. Go on. Not a chance. Well, let's find out. Let's find out. But first, we got to go talk to Beerenbau for a bit more. Let's talk. To oh, Beer my God. This scene was so funny. Can I can I talk about it? Or do you <laughs> it was- want to? really funny no you start we can work on it together okay we'll work on it together so they're at the royal diner and grayson is is sitting there just drinking some coffee and hodgins comes in and and comes to to chat he's like buddy like please just sign the divorce papers come on and he's like i've been searching for angela for five years since when i thought that they found him anyway so also, how was that possible? They got married no five years ago, I guess. Was it? It must be Ugh. because we're already on the fourth season. But yeah. okay, so Hodgins is like, dude, I get it. You built her a home with your bare hands. Like, okay, you walked uphill both ways, did all these crazy things. <laughs> You're a saint, whatever. And he's like, Do you really think that? Angela's better off with you. He's so smug. He's very mm-hmm. like, I'm obviously the better choice. You are an embarrassment. I'm paraphrasing. Anyway, no, he's like, like, I'm better because I love her. And Hodge is like, no, I love her more than you. Yes. And then uh, something about, oh, Beerenbau asks Hodgins why he thinks he's better than Beerenbau for her. And I said, this is what I wrote. Because he's a billionaire. Because he loves her more than does. <laughs> it's all about Obviously, love. <laughs> it's not hard to find Obviously. her. Jesus. <laughs> so Beerenbau at this point is like, okay, Mr. Loverboy, guess what? She kissed me. Hmm. And well, Hodgins no, that is like, come out. yeah, that doesn't come no, out. No, it yet. does. It does. This is well, they just out. agree to disagree because at their royal diner, then then Hodgins leaves in a huff. Yes, they're when, outside he, now. Yes, then Beerenbau leaves yes. and Hodgins is there with his arms crossed waiting for Beerenbau to come out of the diner so they can face off in the street. Yes. Yes. And he's like, okay, of no dignity, she kissed me. And he's like, on the cheek? What? Like, what do you mean? And at this exact moment, obviously, Angela and Sweet show up. And Angela's hey. like, what is happening? Why are you two together? Why are Angela and Sweets together? No idea. Are they going to go it's, get some like uh, poutine at the fucking diner? What's happening some here? Some poutine. They're <laughs> just hanging out. <laughs> oh, don't and say Hodgins... poutine, baby. Don't poutine. say poutine. No. 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 
Oh no. You wanna know I... what that means? <laughs> no, I do not. Poutine, poutine, poutine. So <laughs> So Angela's like, Yeah, I, I did kiss him when Hodgins asked if if she did. And she's like, it was a goodbye kiss though. Like, give me a break, Angela. What the hell are you doing? <laughs> and then out of nowhere, Hodgins with his small dog rage is literally just rages, like runs at at Burnbow and punches him in the face. And he doesn't move it. Eh? He doesn't he just stands there. Oh, it, like it didn't oh, yeah, affect like, him at all. No reaction whatsoever. Angela is horrified that this is happening. Sweets is ready to help fight takes his jacket off gives it to angela asks her to take it like he's like please hold my jacket he's gonna help hodgins and then angela trips sweets so he falls (laughs) does a face plant on the ground hodgins (laughs) is ready to throw another punch at uh slash grayson and then grayson just grabs manhandles hodgins picks him up off the ground throws him in the air and hodgins lands in a garbage truck which starts to drive away it's pure Physical comedy. comedy. It's hilarious. Also, putain, putain oh, in I don't French want to know. Just means whore. Oh, good. Good. In French. The more you know. Da, da, da. <laughs> okay. I died laughing at yeah, this scene. It was pretty of funny. Of him in the back of this garbage truck sitting there, defeated driving away driving away and angela is like really really beer and bow well she keeps calling him grayson but whatever we'll keep calling him beer and she's so mad at this whole situation because she hates it when guys get all crazy like this but i'm really happy that hodgins didn't get crushed by the yes (laughs) because they do have that setting that like comes down right to like bring the garbage in yeah could have been bad maybe in london they don't have that no, it's not, not in London. London. It's in freaking <laughs> it's Washington. In DC. <laughs> Maybe in London. Okay. Oh in God. London. Back in London. I don't remember what our song was. What's this song? It's back in England. Back it's in Ru- England. Britannia. So uh, we yeah, are. We Booth and Brennan are confronting Roger Frampton's fiance, Heather. Yes. And we discover through their backing and forthing there at. Uh, uh, Mr. Frampton's lawyer's office and Heather right finally after they coax her I think did they also pull out the tabloid and show her the picture <laughs> not this time but maybe they should have tabloid it's I'm telling you I bet you the actress who's on the tabloid that they made she, she probably, probably got paid a quite deal. a bit like her agent <laughs> made a deal like if you show it x amount of times you have to pay her like x amount of dollars to be in probably this episode. anyway I'd love to know who plays that we should look up who the actress is that's in the picture I'm gonna look while you do that you I'm gonna talk about Heather confessing that it was actually her that took the photograph from the house of Portia and leaked it to the press she says she did it because she had set five wedding dates to marry Portia's father and Portia kept ruining it for them because he kept having to save her there's all these situations she created all this drama and then Brennan asked her straight up asked Heather like did you murder Portia and then right before Heather can answer this, uh, Roger Frampton's lawyer bursts into his office. He's got his full robes and wig on. 
from being in court. And he's like, so, sorry, I'm late. He's very posh, tall, handsome, older British man. And Roger follows um, the lawyer into the office. Heather and Roger, anyway, Brennan spills the beans that basically Heather was the one who leaked the photo to the press. Roger's looking at Heather like, holy shit, you're a monster. The British lawyer's like, wow, you Americans, for what you lack in, you know, class, basically, you really do make up for it in sort of clarity. And then, so Heather and Roger are having a spat, and he walks away from her because he's so mad, and she's, Roger, Roger, no! <laughs> anyway. That then, is a beautiful boof, explanation. Who's in the lawyer's office looking at the wig? Because they take their wig off and put it on these little wooden stands. And Booth's like, what the hell's this wig shit? Like, he just doesn't understand. It's like he's never traveled anywhere! <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> tell oh me God. he doesn't know that this happens come on come on i have no, a for sure a crown attorney a crown attorney it wears robes and wigs here in toronto oh, yeah yeah like, come on this is the thing i've seen yeah. pictures of friends that are who are lawyers that wear the whole get up yeah okay okay so this is a beautiful, yes. like, the, the background of some of these scenes is very nice. Like, you can see that the Tower Bridge is behind them. I'll sing a song oh. while you're doing this. Okay. <clears throat> yes. London Bridge is falling down, falling <laughs> down, falling My down. son likes to sing this song. Okay. So, keep keep going. London so, we're, we have, we're at a restaurant. Pritchard and the booth are at this restaurant. They're just relaxing, hanging out. Everything is good. And she brings a box that has something very important for him it is a james bond gun so he's he's pretty excited about that at that moment he gets a call from angela and angela has more information she's very helpful in this uh, episode so she they had sent a bunch of papers to angela as part of the evidence and there was a letter in there from her mother and it, but it's dated this year, so it's not a it's not a keepsake from childhood. And there was there was an understanding that her mother had passed. So now yes. they're thinking, wait, is her mother still alive? So there's a whole other set of questions that come out of this London Bridge scene. Yeah, the scene behind them at the restaurant is quite beautiful. Yeah, so look at the London Bridge. They got the Thames. They're having a yeah. drink. They're having a good time. My question is, does it smell bad? Does the Thames smell bad? I don't think so. I know so. it has smelled bad in the past. When I was there, like, maybe five years ago, it smelled fine. Okay, I'm just curious. It's a good question. I was just and curious. Then, and London Bridge and Tower Bridge are two separate bridges. Oh, uh, okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, no, that's okay. I didn't know that until I went. We went. I went with some with a friend to London to visit a friend who was living there at the time, and we did this whole London or Tower Bridge. Um, See, sewage. The smell of London sewage can be smelled oh. today. With sewage still entering the Thames, when the system reaches capacity at overflow points along the river, such as at Blackfriars, as the population of London continues to Ugh. increase, so does the amount of waste and the use of those overflow, overflow points. 
That's nasty. Sewage still occasionally spell, spills into the Thames. Do people swim in that? I don't. I didn't see anyone. No. It's lots of boats. No, nobody swims in that. That's no. disgusting. It's like Lake Ontario. Lake Ontario is pretty gross too. No, it's not. Lake Ontario is fine. It's when you go, like specifically down here, there's a sewage treatment plant right at Coxwell. Yeah. That's yeah. where it smells bad. I used to That's play softball Marcus... right there. There's a very green softball field there. Very green. Suspiciously well fertilized. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's... What are we talking about? Are we done with this gun That's where situation? Mark is working, actually. Yes. Yes. You told yeah. me that he was doing that kind of work there for sure. Yeah. What are okay. We oh, so... here we go. I'm going to talk about this. Yes, please do. So after we find her. out that Angela has found a letter written by Portia's dead mother dated very recently, which throws a wrench into everything. This throws a wrench into everything. Oh, yeah. Next, we have Brennan and Ian Wexler. They're in the bowels of this dig site where they're trying to find old bones so that Roger Frampton won't build or develop this area. So... I guess he's using it as his mobile office and she's meeting him here and she's talking with Clark via beaming or Skype with the most excellent reception given that they're in a the bowels dungeon of some dungeon <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, Ian's complaining about how he can't see anything and Clark's showing them stuff and they're running over what he's found and two of Wexler's students approach them. Again, open murder investigation. Just going to say that. <laughs> These students are dressed like Charles Dickens characters. They are apparently working on the architectural site with, or sorry, archaeological site. And they start looking at what Clark's doing on the Skype call. And they're like, oh, that must be, oh, did you see this? Blah, blah, blah. Anyway, they start making suggestions to Clark about the bones that he's talking about. And then Wexler tells them to basically fuck off. Like, he's like, okay. He says something. You have the script there, yes? What does he say yeah, to them? Yeah, because he, he, wants, he wants them to leave because he just wants to bone. He just bone wants to bone Brennan. But what does he say to the kids, to Cyril, the students? Cyril, you're being impertinent. Please stop speaking. <laughs> He's so funny. The thing is about this actor, too, it's not really the type of character that he plays anymore. So it's a very, this character. He's just an ass. He's such a dick. Anyway, <laughs> Brendan hangs up on Clark, and then Brendan goes, so what's next? And then basically Wexler goes, well, I was thinking we'd get a drink, go have sex, and then have dinner. Literally. It's like, that's literally what know, he says. Brendan goes, yeah, it sounds great. Yeah. And and then but then she's like, but Boo said I shouldn't trust you. Yeah, yeah, because you're a whore, basically. Because is this what she says? You rack. You're him up? a man whore. You like to rack him up. Yeah, you rack him up. He goes rack him up. How crude. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. <sighs> then he's like, okay, well, let's start with dinner. Let's then. have dinner, and then, and then, and see then we'll see if we end up goes. having sex. <laughs> he's gonna he's come like, on. This guy should be arrested the way he comes on to people. <laughs> He's so aggressive. Jesus and she's Murphy. She doesn't seem taken aback by it really no. at all. She's like, oh, yeah, no. that's a good compromise. That sounds we'll just great. Going after. <laughs> it's fine. 
I wish I had oh that my God. Attitude. I wish attitude. I had the confidence of Ian Wexler. Just right. Um, well, no. Well, Brennan, too. She's just like, sure. Sounds like a good sure. idea. Yeah, sounds, sounds great. Alright. So, we end up back at the lab. And while there are important things happening back at the lab, while there are important yes. things happening with Hodgins and Cam and like important case stuff where they're looking I don't at- want you to go over this too much because I don't want you to skip this part because Cam does a couple, This is, she does this a couple times in this episode because Hodgins brings to Cam what he found. He found some fragments of Mother of Pearl in the victim's skull. So yes. then Cam says she makes these jokes. So she goes, "Are you telling me that our victim was killed by an abalone?" <laughs> <laughs> she she nailed it. She <laughs> does it later with something else. It's so funny. And he's he doesn't even I, he barely even reacts. He's like, "How mad is Angela?" <laughs> Like, doesn't even hear this golden joke that joke. Cam just well, I think that's like his opening to be personal because he's like, okay, we're not taking this seriously. So I'm just going to oh, yeah. ask you, is Angela really mad at me? And and she's like, oh, yeah, she's mad, <laughs> bad, bad. And then he he goes, I thought I'm just going to read the, what the script says for these two, yeah. s- two sentences. It's hilarious. Mm. So he says, I thought women secretly liked it when we fought over them. And Cam <laughs> says, women is an unacceptable generalization. <laughs> oh I don't know why God. you think that's so funny, but I love that for you. Oh, no, I think that's so funny. I thought it was funny when you said, so you're saying our victim was killed by an abalone? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe because it started like that. I was just like, <sighs> how does this so stupid? <laughs> Wait till you see what she says later. So funny. Oh my god. Okay. We're okay. back in London. I'm gonna keep forgetting the song. Back in England. <laughs> Did you hear me cough? No. Oh good. I tried to mute myself. It's, you did I, a great job. I'm coughing like I smoke 10 packs a day right now. I don't know. Like I feel fine otherwise. Aww. It's just the time of year, I think. Okay. Go to a doctor. What's the song again? It's okay. <laughs> Back in England. Back in England. Um. Yeah. So just there's remember, another driving rule issue. Rule Britannia. That's all you have to remember. Okay. Yes. Okay. Go. Well, if you would like to, you can take it away. Okay, but, so Booth is in the car with Brennan. He's struggling to park this tiny little car. I want to point out that he's parking it the wrong way on the fucking street, first of all, second. He is struggling so much with this goddamn car. It's so crazy. The crux of it is that Brennan thinks that Booth is agitated because she may have had sex with Wexler the night before. But at the end of the day, Booth goes back and forth with this horrible parking job and seriously again sniper army traveled the world has driven many vehicles many roads at the end of the day he's trying to tell her that it's not a surprise that wexler wants to have sex with her that most people would want to have sex with her and she asks him if that's a dig at british men or if he's trying to compliment her and be nice to her and he answers this question 
which in the most wonderful way that I, I wrote it down, I thought it was amazing what he said, which is why I love this relationship. I love Booth so much for saying this. He said, Wexler is not special. You are. And while Booth is continuing to struggle with this tiny car issue, it's so ridiculous. It's most people like you would have figured this out by now, Brittany, honestly, and you don't even drive standard. I am an excellent parallel parker. I don't know, but you're driving though. standard, you're driving small car, <laughs> you got the little mirror, like it's fine. So Cam yeah. calls. What does Cam reveal to them? Well, Cam, first of all, is like, Am I interrupting? Because last time she was on the phone with them, he was screaming out into the middle know, of right? the world. So she doesn't have enough fetal tissue to actually get a DNA reading, which is unfortunate. Anyway, there's lots of yelling about hitting the curb, getting a flat tire. It's not good. But even though they didn't, they can't identify the the father of the baby by DNA, they realize that she has the victim has something called von hippel lindau disease and by Thank the way you. they did get a flat they did get a flat tire so they call <laughs> it vhl um and so they realize in this moment well brennan realizes in this moment that roger frampton could not be portia frampton's biological father because this is a genetic condition and he doesn't have it hmm. and there's lots of yes swearing and someone else someone calls him a wanker again lots of swearing people are yelling at booth because he can't drive yes so we have a big big problem here with portia maybe having a different father than we originally thought i will mention i just read something about the thames people don't swim in the thames not because it's polluted but also yeah it's a little polluted but because the current is very strong, they have like 20,000, 40, 30,000 ships that go through it every year, like big ships. Yeah, they're huge. It's very strong current. And you're not yeah. allowed to swim like more than maybe 10 meters away from the shore. And you want to be sure you can touch the bottom. You don't want to go any further because you'll get swept to sea. I would just yeah. not go in. <laughs> I'd be so nervous. <laughs> yes, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. I said I would be so nervous. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah. Can you hear me now? Yes, I can. I can hear you now. I can hear you I now. Said, I can hear you now. I I would be way too nervous. I, I like if you could only go like ten meters, I'd be like, I don't know, is this ten meters? Is this nine, eight? Like, is this enough meters? <laughs> I I wouldn't be able to swim. I'd be so nervous. Like I most dip no. my toes. No. So no. obviously, with this revelation that they believe that Roger Frampton is not Porsche's biological father. They go and talk to, they go and talk to him, Booth and Brennan, and Richard is also there. And, and the lawyer is there, right? Their lawyer? Jameson? Curry. I think his name was something Curry. Jameson Curry. Curry. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. So, and he's basically saying like, okay, don't, don't tell them anything. Don't talk, whatever. <laughs> and so it, it would appear that Portia's mother entrusted ah my wrist is very itchy suddenly What's anyway entrusted this you know how there are sometimes situations where someone knows that they're about to pass away and so they will write letters to their kids for every year for the next x number of years so it would appear that this is that situation 
they confront Booth. That Booth confronts Roger and says, "Hey, did you know that Portia wasn't your biological daughter?" And then Pritchard steps in. And is like, "Okay, you know what? I'm gonna conduct the rest of the interview. This is getting a little heated, but they make it very clear." Roger Frampton has no health issues whatsoever. So it's it's very obvious that their initial thinking that he doesn't have this disease that Portia had um, is correct. It is, in fact, correct. He's completely fine. He definitely doesn't have the same condition. So he, he as we said, cannot be her biological father. It's very tense in this room. It's very intense. It's very tense. Yeah. This lawyer is there, which honestly seems kind of silly to me but why he has nothing to hide he's no it's the good to have a lawyer father. around i would think when your daughter died and she was murdered and all the shit's going down why not true that's a, lot. that's a lot also the father i feel it's like not really grieving as much as i thought he would considering that heather even said like like she was like the be all and end all to him and he's not being very, yeah like sad he's just being mostly he's kind of just like oh i guess <sighs> i'm everyone's a suspect now i guess i suppose i suppose i suppose i think it would appear that from what i understand the lawyer is the one who annually delivered these letters yes to to portia after her after her mother passed away my grandmother did that for me for my first the the birthday that happened after she passed away so in the mail i got when i was 12 i got this this uh card from her which i she gave me a one she gave me one american dollar in it and i still keep it in my wallet today wow it was special so okay anyway not relevant but continuing on life stories are nice we are back at the back of the lab here we go with this stupid scene that was so dumb and it was just a way to give our friend Mr. Sweets, also known as what's the actor's name again? I forget his name again. What's his name again? What is his name? name? Anyway, he's yeah. wonderful. I love him so much. You love him. I I'm know, getting I that know. information. His name is he's... John Francis Daly. Yes, it is. These scenes were sort of horned in to give him something to do and he could get paid that week. So there's a scene where he walks up onto the mezzanine at the lab and Angela's trying to have a moment to herself. Oh. <laughs> She's just trying to be alone in a quiet place, but no, Sweets has to come in and tell Angela that all men are idiots. So he basically ends up telling her this convoluted story from when he was a kid. I don't even remember the story. It doesn't matter. It has nothing to do with what's going on. It ends up, there's a lot of like a couple of references to gay people in this episode that I'm just going to skip over because they're dumb. And it had yeah. something to do with um, him coveting a friend's toy, and his toy, his friend ending up saying, "Like you could, I could, would have given it to you. It's not a big deal. You didn't have um, to steal it. Yeah, you didn't have to steal it. Anyway, it has nothing to do with really the male aggression that Hodgins showed, and like this whole no. like, pissing on their territory kind of attitude Grayson and Hodgins have been displaying, and." Angela doesn't seem that impressed or changed by the story to change her mind about how angry she is with Hodgins for being the way he was with Grayson. So I don't understand. Anyway, she agrees with him that all men are idiots. (laughs) At the end of the day, after this convoluted story. But back 
at in Hodgins's office with Cam, which now Hodgins is having more moments with Cam now that Zach is not in the picture. Uh, they he's reporting to her that he has discovered in the tire treads that there was crushed coral. So he's saying, oh, it's possibly from Australian. She's like, Wait, uh, no. So are, is this murder happening in Australia? What? Yes. <laughs> That's the thing Cam says. So you're saying our, vi- <laughs> our victim was killed in Australia? <laughs> like, she's being, okay. Here's the difference she's just between being silly. facetiousness, being facetious, and being sarcastic. Yes. Like she's being really funny. Anyway, it's funny. I it was funny. I like it. So yeah. she did not get killed in Australia, Cam. She got killed in England. Because <laughs> it's used as a surface for private roadways in England. But it's it's very rare, which is actually really helpful to us. <laughs> so they have a pretty good idea of where um where her car lot would have last been because it's extremely expensive. So yes. where could it be? Could it be from the rich people that we've been encountering all exactly. along this episode? So not only is this coral not harvested anymore, it's so old. They also find like plant detritus. It's like old roses from antique rose bushes that were planted hundreds of years ago. So obviously it's pointing towards the palace that they were visiting, right? But Indeed. while they're doing this, did we already talk about this part where they get interrupted? Um, no, we did not. No, Angela so they're comes having in. this discussion. <laughs> Angela interrupts them. She goes, Hodgins! And she walks in and reaches out her hand. And like, I guess this is her forgiving Hodgins. And he grabs her hand and they start to walk away. And Cam says, basically tells them not to screw in front of the security cameras. Yeah. He's like, she, again, she, so it's just, like every few episodes, she reminds them, guys, there's security cameras in the building. Please don't fuck like, in the building. Please don't bone. Please. please. I don't, don't want to see that. Don't fuck. Don't screw. Don't whatever in the building. <laughs> don't do anything. Nothing. Also, nothing with your genitals. <laughs> gross. 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 <laughs> so, um, Hi, listeners. Just a quick takeaway. Uh, Kelly really loves the relationship between <laughs> Angela and Hodgins. <laughs> Obviously, you can tell. I just wanted to uh, reiterate that. So they go on to having, they, I guess they walk their way to the, the Royal Diner after they screwed in a closet or something. Um, and sh- they have just the most ridiculous conversation. I do love this. Unlike Kelly, I really do love this couple most of the time. <laughs> So you go ahead. She's she's just like, okay, uh, can you just not punch my ex-husband? Sorry, I coughed again. Um, And then she's like, you have my heart. Like, don't be so ridiculous. Anyway, Grayson sees that these two are kissing. And there was a story about, about bells chiming off when they were getting married grayson and angela that we skipped over at the beginning of this episode but when grayson very creepily watches them have this kiss moment this loving moment in the royal diner hodgins and angela from across the street there are these bikes that start going by and they're ringing their bells and Mm. he he just kind of laughs and he's like okay universe like i get it like 
fine. Angela and Hodgins, they're meant to be. And then he just disappears. Yeah, but Brittany, he can't disappear. He has to sign the fucking papers, man. Yeah, that's an important detail. <laughs> like, where did he go? Sign the he, papers. He literally disappeared. Like, he literally, he like, literally the scene is like, he's gone? there, Where's and then he's the gone. Paper? God. Hopefully they'll be signed in the mail also, box or something. I'm just going to say, we'll talk about this next scene. Are we moving okay. on? Moving on. Take it away. Back, Back in, England. in England. No, that's not it. <laughs> Back in England. Back in England. Booth and Brennan are babysitting this rental car that's strapped onto a truck, the one that Booth fucked up the tire for. Booth's complaining about how they just need to change the tire and it doesn't need to be towed away. All the while, Brennan's getting a phone call from Cam. On her cell phone in England from Washington. Can I ask you how much that phone call is costing? How much is that dollars. phone call? How much is that phone call? Billions. The cell phone call. It's probably so expensive. Hopefully she's roaming like home. Like, what the hell is this? Was there roaming like home back then? I don't even know. No. You should look it up. Roam like home. When was it invented? Because shit, that's expensive, man. Okay, anyway. carry on. I'm going to look it up. Plus, this, the friggin' reception would be terrible. Anyway. <clears throat> Cam's just relaying the information about the driveway and the roses and the Australian coral. And then Brendan starts picking at the tires on their car that's up on the tow truck. Thank God it was stayed there because, yeah, they have it available. So she starts picking in the tires and pulling rocks out and smelling them. And Boo's like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> she doesn't understand what he... He doesn't understand what she's doing. And she explains... That she thinks that Portia went to the palace the night she was murdered because she has like rose smelling rocks in her tires and those are the same. So it's possible that she was actually at the palace with that car before she died. And Brennan's like, well, the royal said she never came to the house and Booth's like, obviously they lied. Yeah. 2015. She... Rome like home. This is 2015. Seven so, years before Rome yeah. like home. All right. This so was an expensive phone call. This hilarious thing that happens next. I am catching up. Okay, where are okay, we? Okay, so Pritchard picks everybody up. She drives to the palace. Booth, Brennan, Wexler, Pritchard go to the palace. They're driving some random sort of regular car. They arrive. They're ready to go in and confront this family with the, all this information they have and Booth yeah. ready to pull out his gun, make an arrest. Wexler is so funny. He says, if there's going to be gunplay, I'm going to stay in the car. And I just thought that was so funny. <laughs> Pritchard's but, like, okay, simmer down, Booth. You don't need a gun. We're just, you know, we do it a little differently here. I just think it's funny. Well, because she's like, we're we're armed with the letter from Portia's mother. We don't we don't need that. Is the yes. the thinking here? Brennan makes the has the realization that yeah. both the Duke of Innisford and his mother show symptoms of this VHL disease. So she believes that the Duke is Portia's biological father. Does she say that then? Really? She does. Yeah. Wow. So because okay. Wexler is like, you actually want me to believe this? And she's like, yeah, they both have VHL disease, obviously. So it's interesting. 
Also, apparently in England, they don't call for backup. Because Booth was like, okay, I guess we'll wait for backup. Why is it taking so long? And Pritchard is like, what are you talking about? I, there's no backup coming. We, we don't need that. So Booth is going in. Doesn't feel good about this. As Kelly already said, does not have a weapon ready and, and handy. Because Pritchard won't allow him to have it. Because she thinks it's unnecessary. And so they walk in. And yes. It turns out that she wrote a bunch of letters by she, I mean, I'm kind of just jumping ahead, that Portia's mother had written a bunch of letters, and in these letters she had told Portia some things, let's call them deathbed confessions. And one of these deathbed confessions is who her biological father is. And ding, 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 the Duke was Portia's biological father. That's who she had uh, said in this letter. So that's why she was at the house that night, not to go see her boyfriend, who she broke it off with, obviously, because she was dating her stepbrother. No, half-brother. Gross. Um, was pregnant but because with his Was pregnant child. with her half-brother. Pregnant. <laughs> pregnant. Oh, no. While this is happening, this that's confession... worse. While this is happening, this confession, Brennan is poking around and she finds this set of sort of fireplace pokers and stuff that all have handles made of mother of pearl. She brings it over and yeah. shows it to Ian Wexler and he says this could be the murder weapon. The Duke's wife and the mother can't believe that the father would kill Portia. The Duke denies killing her. Pritchard requests uh, that he join them at the yard at Scotland Yard. And Booth is like, he's so flabbergasted that they're requesting his presence. Like, and Brennan looks at Booth. She's like, it's a very polite country. <laughs> and this is where the butler chimes in. And yes. pretty much confesses immediately that he killed Portia. Yep. Then the grandma says that Harry, because Harry's not here, Harry never needs to know that Portia was his sister. And they promise that they'll get the butler a really good lawyer. And that's it. Okay. But so, also, so first of all, good job, Greg. You called it. The butler did it. The butler did it. Second of all, they knew that Portia and this guy, Harry, were screwing around. The family knew it. Did he knew that he was like the Duke knew that he was Portia's father? Did he though? Or at least that there was a very distinct possibility that he would be. Okay. Wouldn't you think that they would strongly, strongly suggest to Harry? That maybe he shouldn't be screwing around with this girl? Did they know he was screwing around with this girl? I think they did. Is the Why grandmother, was... remember the grandma's okay. like, well, no, you were pleasuring how her. How did Give me the a break. mother know him? How did how did they know each other? I don't know, because I, I the timeline of when they must have moved from the States. When did they move from the States? Doesn't make any sense. It must have been, before, obviously, before Portia was born. But the mother was British. The mother, it's implied that she was British. 
Okay, so I'm very confused by this too. I don't know when the mother met Roger Frampton. Yeah. When this Duke or whatever impregnated her, what did they have an affair? Did she get pregnant before she met Roger? Did Roger just like adopt her? I don't get it. It is not clear at all. Because the girl's 21. The the mother died when 14 years ago or something. Yeah. So that means that Portia's mother was married to her father so that she had an affair with the Duke. It sounds like. I I think so. Anyway, well, I can't. Was I was so mad. I was so mad about the whole butler thing. I was so angry. I was like... I was like stomping around mad that this the butler did it. I was so angry. It's so funny. He obviously it's, did it's it. It's a perfect segue to the next scene when when Booth is like, come on, are you seriously not seeing this? Like the butler did it. The butler did it. <laughs> <laughs> come on, the butler. He can't get over it. He can't. And I was hoping at this moment, I was like, I hope there's shooting in the next one. I hope he gets to shoot his gun in the next one. Well, it is a James Bond gun, after all. A, what's yes, it called? A yes. Walther, Walther PPK? Yes. Anyway, so where are they? They are just in a moment where... Well, they're at the equivalent of the, the Royal Diner in England, it seems, which is... Well, the, yeah, they the, go the back to the restaurant outside the, the tower. The restaurant outside the tower, right by tower this bridge, bridge or whatever. Yeah. along the Thames. It's Wexler, Booth, and Brennan together drinking beer yes and, and then yes sorry Brennan no, i just remembered you said you didn't remember what happened at the end so i was just gonna, it's all coming back thought, but take over you oh, take over so take over coming I'll back stop. to me now <laughs> um okay booth can't get over the butler can't over but the butler did it wexer gets up to leave and he's trying to get Brennan to go with him to have sex. <laughs> and then Booth basically threatens to shoot him because he has a gun. Brennan goes, let me handle this. So she takes Bre like takes Wexler aside to see him off and say goodbye. Lets him down easy. She lets him down easy. Even though he tries to argue with her that he is so good at sex because he's had sex so many times that she's really missing out. Basically, he's telling her that wouldn't you want to have sex with an expert who's like basically had sex hundreds and hundreds of times? And she says to him that she doesn't want to offend her partner. And it reminded me of Man and the Bear when she had sex with Charlie, the FedEx guy, and how like but hurt like how booth was how he reacted to her going out with charlie that time do you remember and that was so long ago now they have this much deeper connection well she's had sex with other guys but i just mean like yeah yeah she just said like i don't want to offend so she kisses him goodbye and rejoins booth at the table but then she looks really disappointed that she didn't go have sex with ian like she's like this was not worth it. I should have gone with him. And I agree. Like, Brennan should have totally gone with Ian and said, I'll see you later, Booth. You're on your own. Yeah. Yes. Because they start bickering. Leaves. But yeah. can you tell me? I know you're going to cough. But can you answer this question about the whole opening of the bridge part? Because while they're bickering at this table, the bridge behind them is opening. And the bit through the whole show is that, oh, if you see it open, it's good luck. Yes, 
Yeah. So can you tell me, did they see it or not see it? They don't see it opening, but it's opening behind them. So I think it's supposed yes. to be like, oh, it's good luck, but they're not aware of it. I just thought it was kind of funny that it started opening behind them. Because they kept talking about it. They like, did. And, and Wexler even reminds them. But right, it's like the last thing he says before he leaves. Look out yes. for the bridge opening because it's good luck. What so, bridge is this called? This is the Tower Bridge. Tower Bridge. Which is the big bridge. The London Bridge is the small is a smaller bridge. Okay. But, yeah. So this is part That's one. the end of it. Which well, there isn't it's really their first case in London. Yeah. I don't think that they're going to have another one that's related to the first one. I, I kind of like that it's like, oh, they're going to be there for two cases kind of thing. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. But they, they did yeah. air back to back, though. So it was two hours of bones. Oh. If we were watching, if we were watching this on September 3rd, did I say? Yeah, September 3rd, 2008. It, it did air back to back, which is pretty cool. Okay, what did you think? The fact that the butler did it is stupid. <laughs> I don't well, like Booth being stupid either. Like, I don't like him being like, I don't understand. Like, I don't like him being a Neanderthal about everything and like not understanding how to drive and not knowing how traffic works and not like, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Yeah, it was a bit silly. He, and the whole gun law thing. Like, he understands why they don't have fucking guns there. They, he knows what's going on. Like, it's crazy. By then, I think, is this when, when did they start? If you look up CCTV in London, for instance, when did they start implementing lots of CCTV in London? This is why they don't really. Uh, London. Beginning. Whoa, there's a million, there's estimated that there's a million CCTV cameras. You can literally catch anyone doing anything. So it's like a interesting thing about London. It's part of the reason looks like... why they don't carry guns. Yeah. I think. Well, they, they historically haven't. They have different gun laws, obviously. <clears throat> and you're screwed if you try to do anything because they'll catch you. 2013 well they've always had cctvs but that's when it picked up 2013 yeah. well mostly because they had did that when the bombing happened the london bombing i wonder if that's when that happened london bombing 2016 is when five there was one in 2005 too Four coordinated suicide. Oh, that might not be true. Sorry, out. since October 2007. Mm. They've been. Um, I did notice that, though. Like, even. Yeah. So we went to. um is Like I said, I went to England a little while ago. And that was one thing I did notice. On top of all these huge buildings, there are like hundreds of cameras everywhere. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Which so is. What you, okay. Crazy. I guess what I'll say about the episode is I loved, you know, being out of water. I love Pritchard and Wexler. I think they're fun. They're fun characters. I love the actors. Um, I love that they're here. It's really interesting. 
I need Booth to smarten up. That's all I need. And the fact that the butler did it is stupid. Anyway, what do you think? Well, it seems like he's like, we know that we're going to be in England for another episode, but it seems like we've said goodbye to Wexler, which is kind of odd. I guess maybe we'll just talk to Pritchard for the other episode. We'll find out. Anyway, I did like it. I thought it was pretty funny. It's nice to be in a different location, like you said. Yes, Um, and I'm also enjoying the new dynamics in the lab. Cam and Hodgins working together. Clark is there. Sweets, we need to work on him a little bit instead of. I think they're trying to they're trying to wedge him into scenes. Giving Angela something to do is great, but more importantly, Brittany. More importantly, I know we've already know the answer to this question. But who is your king of the lab today? Well, obviously, what was her name, even though I forgot about it? Something Bonham, the grandmother of Harry. The grandmother of Harry. Yes. How about you? Who was your king of the lab? She was yes. my prince. She was my prince because I thought about her, too. I thought she was quite cheeky. But only because he said the line, Wexler isn't special. You are. Age. Oh, yeah. What'd you say? Paige Bonham, sorry, is her name. Oh, sorry. I was like, who's Paige? <laughs> who's Paige? No, yeah. Th- oh, that was such a nice line and from Booth. Booth. I know I say Booth's the king all the time, but he's really winning. He's winning in a lot of ways. He was um, great. It's more, I know the king is so, is a lot easy. The king is like one of those things that's easy. What I really love, though, is who you're, who's your rat? I think, I bet you we have the same one. I bet we do, too. Ian Wexler. Yes, Ugh. Ian Wexler is our rat today. What a slime ball. Unanimous decision, unanimous vote, unanimous, unanimous, unanimous. This guy is a piece of work. I can imagine him hitting on students left and right, just coming on to uh, baristas at coffee shops, uh, waitresses at fucking restaurants. It's concerning. Uh, he's a he's a professor. Like it's I it's just, genuinely concerning. It's genuinely he's just like that guy Michael Michael Styers. He's so yes. gross. Ugh. Oh, you would think if fortunately we get confirmation that Brennan did not sleep with him. So good for you. Good for you, right. Brennan. I haven't watched the next episode, so I don't I know haven't either. If they meet up again, if the characters come back, nothing. I don't know. I have this no idea what's for me. like why are why are they still in England if they're finished with this case? Like just go home. That's what right? I'm thinking. So, and and it seems like they kind of like, okay, Wexler's gone. Like we're saying goodbye. So I'm like, okay. If they're still why are they still in England? Also, why did they go to England? What's going on in England? What's happening? So she gave this big speech. I understand why she no, went. But like she's gone production. to many places why by would herself. They go there? Oh, probably just for something different. But why that? England is so expensive. I wonder if this even actually happened in England or if it's a lot of green screens. No, it was filmed in England. There's lots it, and lots of locations looks in like England it. that they filmed at. Yeah, no, for sure. So, or maybe, sure. I wonder if one of them was doing something in England at the time and they worked around their schedule. I don't know. Is the raccoon back? You know when you see something in the corner of your eye? You're yes. Like, what the fuck was that? There was nothing there, I promise. It's but... called menopause. Menopause makes you see things in the corner of your eyes. <laughs> so much well, fun. 
I was on my own this weekend, obviously, because <sighs> because of boys weekend. Terrifying. So my dad comes over on Friday night, which was nice. And we have dinner with Wayne. And like just as he's about to leave, Wayne is like, he just stops. He's like, oh. Yes. You hear that? Oh my God. What's that noise? I've never um, heard him say this before ever. No. Ever. I've never heard him no. say what's that noise before ever. No, no, no. no I was no. like, what? He's like, he's like, stop. What's that noise? <laughs> I'm like, Dad, do you want to stay over tonight? Because I'm, I'm like, Wayne, right out. fuck you, you <laughs> fucking asshole. <laughs> My dad's like just about to leave. I'm like, ah. <laughs> then like 10 seconds later, we heard a plane. Like you could hear the plane really oh, well because we're on a flight path. Right. So we think it was because his hearing is probably so much better than mine. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, yeah, he probably could ears. hear the plane before I could hear it. You can hear so much. It's crazy. He likes to do this new thing where it's a daycare thing that they'll do. All the kids, they he just screams as loud and high pitch as possible. Uh, and he's listen. getting pretty good at not doing it. Well, we it shut it down. Stop. I'm just gonna say that right now. It's okay. around fourteen, maybe. 14. Oh God! Oh God! <laughs> I he did it while we they, I took like, him to a birthday party. Love the sound of their own. Like, oh yeah, it's bad. He tries like different like pitches. I'm like, wow. Oh my god. Why don't you get him, him for... to sing? Get him to sing. He loves to sing. He sings all good. the time. It's so cute. Good. Yeah, it's so cute. Because he makes up his singer. own little songs too. It's so uh, cute. <laughs> you should write them down. He could be like the next Justin Bieber. I should. I should take little videos. You could take of advantage of him and steal all his money, and then you could split <laughs> up with Mark, and he could have a huge war of custody, and then oh, you wow. could like get into some kind of toxic relationship. <laughs> anyway, I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm sorry. Is this the story of Justin Bieber's family? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty bad. They took like, literally... so much advantage of him. It's terrible. It's so sad what they did, but yeah, yeah, he screamed at the top of his lungs when we were. I was in a bathroom with him, like a a bathroom in a condo. Oh God, and. After that, my ears were like, no, like ringing. Terrible. I was like, oh my God. See, anyway. Wayne, that's very unpleasant. Please don't do Quite that. Quite unpleasant. Please stop. Anyway. So funny. I think about like Usher, he started singing and like he released an album when he was like 16 or something or 18 was yeah. his first album. And so how is he like so well adjusted? <laughs> and then I don't know if he actually is. Well, I who feel knows, like right? He has all the yeah he he probably has his own scandals but like Justin Bieber, he released his album before he was even even hit puberty. Yeah, it's it's not like good. he hit it's puberty. Not healthy. not healthy. All these celebrities, yeah. it's so sad to see Young like their mental children. health is just not. Ugh, yeah, poor babies taken advantage of. Like, anyway, on that note, <laughs> <laughs> on that note, okay. uh... I need you to please subscribe to the podcast like it review it check us out on youtube i'm going to tell you this Brittany. i don't know if you know this but i started publishing our videos i don't want you to be self-conscious i'm trying not to be self-conscious and like wear makeup and shit i'm just going to be who i am okay. and dump, dump them onto youtube i try to edit as much as i can but i like to leave it pretty raw yeah that's fine <clears throat> so um there's that 
So I started doing, yeah, dropping our episodes on YouTube so that you guys can get the video as well as the audio. Okay. Instagram, yes. obviously keep checking that out. I post as much as I can. Again, I've got a lot going on in my life. It's not the only thing I do. So you get this for free. I'll try to post when I can. I should have posted more about Zach. Uh, obviously, RIP, whatever. It's sad. Um, RIP, he didn't die. <laughs> I know. Like, you know, it's kind of like RIP from the show, right? RIP from the show. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, tell us who your rats are, who your kings are. We'd love to hear from you. Send us an email at squintcastpodcast at gmail.com. And yeah, subscribe, rate, review. We'd love to hear from you all. And I want to thank you again. Thank you, Brittany. I want to thank our listeners for listening to this episode of Squintcast. Squintcast. Bye. See you, see you next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to Squintcast with me, Kelly Booth, and my and your new friend, Brittany Elsner. The Bones theme is performed by The Crystal Method. They can be found on Instagram and YouTube at The Crystal Method and at thecrystalmethod.com. Intro and outro music is by Twisterium at Pixabay. Cover art was done by Irena Dolence Stajan. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok at Squintcast. Email us at squintcastpodcast at gmail.com. You can find me at fab underscore empire underscore on Instagram and TikTok. Brittany is at Brittany81523 on Instagram. See you next time.